0: Hello playful warriors and welcome to another episode of climate for fun the podcast that turns climate change into a laughing matter. Here's Antonio Salituro climate scientist writer and comedian. I'm thrilled to have Brian Hetling with me today. Brian is a climate change comedian, educator, communicator, public speaker, writer, lobbyist, organizer and advocate for solution. Wow. That's the longest title I've ever come across.
1: Anyway, welcome, <laughs> welcome, Brian, and thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Antonio. The pleasure is mine.
0: Thanks, thanks a lot. Ready to make us laugh about climate change? I will do my best. Cool. I'm, I'm here sure, to laugh also. I'm sure you you will, you will. Okay, let's crack on with some questions, though, if you, if you're happy with that. Yes. Okay, cool. So, Brian, you are the first. Climate comedian being invited on this podcast. So, you got the honors of acknowledging the existence of your speeches, right? So, <laughs> so, my, so my first question is could you please prove that you're a real person, and not a chatbot or
1: something? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Am, am I a real person? To, to be honest, um, as, as far as the, 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 the bot thing, um, gosh, I one of the first things I learned about climate change when I studied about 11 years ago is that people have an infinite pool of worry. You know, oh, for instance, yeah. if your computer is crashing and you're being, ch- you're, you have the potential of being chased by a, a, a tiger or being bitten by a poisonous <laughs> snake, you're getting more worried about the animal in front of you and not that your computer yeah. is, uh, is crashing here. True, so true. in my infinite pool of worry... I'm worried about uh, climate change, uh, our democracy, um, a woman's right to choose, (laughs) kind of those things. And I even thought about the the, the bots and like cryptocurrency and maybe some of these other problems that will end up destroying our civilization. But for me, at the top, I'm just worried about climate change and our democracy and then people losing their rights. That's okay. probably not very funny, is it? <laughs>
0: well, yeah. But I mean, honestly, speaking of chatbots, you know, they, they might become better than humans are writing jokes. I mean, I'm afraid. So uh, are you ready for extinction? Uh, I mean, seriously, <laughs> do, you see, do you see them? Do you see them as a threat or an opportunity for more effective climate <laughs> communication? I mean,
1: I'm still more I uh, have my, my ball in the court, my, my vote for real people, real people. Yeah. I don't know. It, humor comes from spontaneity maybe a computer can do that yeah I don't know I've never heard of a computer telling a good joke yet have you or, or maybe I'm just kind of no. I've always been a techno lagger It's my thing
0: <laughs> okay well hopefully hopefully they won't be as good as us yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm really hoping so anyway I'm sure you'll survive the bot invasion because you are a great comedian yeah and I realized that straight away in one of your first yes. emails you said that you were impressed by my podcast as I invited Joram Bauman, except that you wrote Joram Butman." I mean, now it was it meant to be a joke or a subliminal message for the Joker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, the truth is I'm a terrible speller. Oh. Uh, and so what I did is I've always struggled. I'm a huge fan. And at one point I tried to contact him on Facebook. OK. And he was like, "Why are you contacting me? Who the hell are you?" (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a huge fan. I've always struggled. It's 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 a a very distinct name, and yeah, you do have to spell it and pronounce it right. And. So, yeah, I failed miserably the other day in my email. That's to you. all right. I mean, honestly, and, and I, you,
0: you killed me, to be honest. I mean, I, I, oh, good. you know, if was wanted to, you could have told me it was a joke, to be honest. I mean, you know, it would, I wouldn't believe that. I wouldn't believe
1: that. <laughs> you, you, you know, and, and, and I don't want to, bl- you can never, you should not blame, but have you, have you had a problem with, uh, I'm not having a problem with, with bots, but I am having a problem with autocorrect. <laughs> if, you know, you in, so if you had that where you, you, deli- you, you know you've spelled it correctly yeah. and autocorrect's like, no, that's not how it is. And so <laughs> I'm wondering if autocorrect somehow interfered here too. But I might be making a mis- an excuse here for my bad spelling.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty bad with names, to be honest, in general. So, you know, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Right. So you, you came up with the idea of becoming a climate comedian while I was sitting for one of your friends. So how how bad was the house? Sure, I mean, surely, surely it couldn't
1: be it couldn't be messier than our planet, right? Well, <laughs> well, actually, uh-huh. she was an older German woman that had a house that was super clean, spick and span. Here, uh-huh. it was it was immaculate. What happened was that um, the the kind of the longer part of the story was I, I, I was a seasonal park ranger at Crater Lake National Park. Okay. For 25 years. And I would go back home to St. Louis for the winter. Well, my friend Graham, he was like, You don't want to go back to St. Louis. You should house sit for my mom in Ashland, Oregon. And Ashland, Oregon, by the way, is really beautiful. It's nestled up against the mountains of the Sissiskius and southern Oregon. It's about 10 miles north of the California border. It's famous for its Shakespeare festival. It's just a romantic, beautiful right. college town. I mean, if you had to be if you had to be parachuting anywhere. Ashland, Oregon is not a bad place to end up. So right, I was house okay. sitting there for two months, and I was kind of bored out of my mind. Right, is what it is. And it was a beautiful house. And actually, Barbara, that the owner of the house, she had this uh, beautiful fluffy cat named Pu- Poppy, and Poppy was clinging <laughs> to me like blue. the whole This beautiful cat loved me.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I was bored. I didn't. I, I went there without a job because so I just said yes house sitting for a friend kind of as a favor and it was funny too i went there as a favor and i I end up paying rent as a house sitter you know i'm I'm keeping this immaculate house clean yeah Yeah. and i had this friend naomi in um in in ashland oregon and she's kind of a spiritual advisor kind of one of those coaches that will help you with your life kind of thing and she was asking me, "Well, what exactly do you want to do with your life?" Because she knew I was concerned about climate change. I yeah. saw climate change in the national parks, working at Crater Lake National Park in the Everglades. Yeah. and so she was she was really pressing me, "What do you want to do with your life?" And the thing is, is that if you want to be a good park ranger, you have to have a sense of humor. People yeah. are not going to a national park for a ranger program for a dry as dust college lecture. Yeah, they want to know that you're having fun that you're not taking yourself too seriously, cool. that you're making your vacation enjoyable. So I had to come up with some jokes, probably some bad, a lot of bad ones, oh, on the okay. fly to be a good ranger. So she's pressing me on, really trying to get to the essence of, what do you want to do with your life? And finally I just blurted out, fine, I wanna be the climate change comedian. <laughs> and, and actually, Miami, Naomi was always a tough audience. Um, yeah. But this was one of the few times in my life where Naomi actually, literally, she just about fell out of her chair laughing. She laughed so hard. <laughs> and she said, <laughs> I want you to go home and grab that website domain immediately. And, and I did that. And so I, I gave myself this grandiose title, not knowing what to do with it, but it was on a dare from a friend. is, is basically the short answer your, to your question. Um, as, as I was born on my mind, house sitting in an, in a, it was actually an immaculate house, in, um, in Ashland Oregon cool
0: cool that's good that sounds, sounds good and uh, okay so while reading one of your blogs I came across a dumb Miller joke that cracked me up
1: I, qu- <laughs> I, qu- I,
0: quote, I quote I quote talking about climate change can feel like farting at a cocktail party yeah it's, it's hilarious because it's true to be honest let's face it climate change yes. is not it's not a very pleasant topic for most people to say the least so well, my question is: What's your best tactic to release your climate tier gas
1: without dispersing the crowd? You know? <laughs> yeah, that's a great um, that's a great question, Antonia. What I do is I focus my talks on my background as a national park ranger. I stopped being a ranger in 2017, so I could be more of a climate advocate, activist, and, and I guess a comedian also. Yeah. But when if somebody books me for a presentation. I, I, I'll spend a lot of good time of time of talking about my background as a ranger and showing up fantastic pictures of national parks and the place I listen to. So that's where I hook my audience in. It, it's, so I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of channeling that ranger energy there. And so I, I talk about how beautiful the parks are. And then I go start going into shifting about climate change, how climate change is happening. And then I try to always always shift into solutions also because you can't leave people on a downer note. You can't be a Debbie Downer about it. You got to give yeah. people some hope here too that, they, that that they can actually do something about it also. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I I've always led with national parks because people love national parks and they love yeah. park rangers. They love outdoors. They love nature's. So that's that's what I try to do is I'm trying to disperse that. Gas in
0: the room. <laughs> That's cool. That's good. That's good. So, yeah, talking about presentations. Besides being a climate comedian, you are a climate communicator as well. So, just like me, you are a member of the Toastmaster Association, which is great. Yes. So, uh, first, let me clarify with our listeners that this is not wine tasting society. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's just a club. That's what I thought the first time I, I heard about that, to be honest. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's just a club where people can improve their public speaking skills. Yeah? As yes. of today, you gave over 200 climate change talk across the US, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Ba- based on your experience, what are the three top tips if you get to someone who wants to talk about climate change with their colleagues, friends or family?
1: Yeah, that's a great question here. So number one, I would say is talk about it. Yeah. so yale um yale climate communications they did they've done surveys about this for years and they say the top thing that, that that's happening in the u.s is that the average american does not talk about it right and they do not hear their friends and family talk about it mm. so the number one thing you can do is to talk about it cool you know if you, and i know it's, it's a lot for, it took me years to be f- comfortable talking about it so but it's so important that we at least Broach the subject, talk about it, be out in the open about it.
0: So let, let's number, release the fart, let's say. Yeah, the first yeah. one.
1: <laughs> but the but Catherine Hayhoe, climate scientist from Texas Tech University, she says her top tip is, number one, she says the same thing, talk about it. People don't talk about it, so you need to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. But when you talk about it, find something in common with the right. person that you're talking with. Okay. So for instance, if you find out if the person is a fisherman, yeah. Talk about how it's affecting affecting the fish in the rivers, you know, how the temperatures are going up. Okay. You know, whatever you whatever you have in common with that person, lead with that subject. So in my case, I've learned that most people love national parks, nature and the outdoors and park rangers. So that's the subject I lead with because people are like, "Oh, you're a park ranger." You know, what for, when I was a seasonal park ranger, that's all that people wanted to talk about yeah so i, I would yeah so, so if i was at a cocktail party if we had a party i would have to kind of talk about that and so then yeah so you talk about that and so um i would i would kind of shift into you know that well that well climate change is happening in national parks that's one of the things i focused on as a park ranger yeah. and then the third thing is is that is have fun for most people, they, they approach this subject as kind of a Debbie Downer,
0: Yeah,
1: you know, a, as kind of like the the world is ending. It's so bad. They, they want to scare people with the subject. Okay. And there's actually science out there that um, and actually it was done 11 years ago called Apocalypse Soon. And I think this is at <laughs> the University of California, Berkeley, okay. that if you talk to people just about the problem of climate change yeah. and don't talk about the solutions, people are even less likely to do something yeah. so you have to have some optimism in there you know talk about solutions talk about things that you're doing if you put solar panels on your house, talk about how you love it if you've got an electric car talk about how you love it you know if yeah. you've been just so talk about solutions talk about hope people need to hear that so because people talk too often get down into the depressing parts of climate change how bad it is yeah. how bad yeah, the storms yeah. are
0: yeah, you know those things so like a, focus they're...
1: on the positive
0: Climate doom talk, you know, it put put people off essentially, basically. Yeah. Yeah, we've That's all true. heard enough of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, true, true. Okay, so during your presentation, you are some visual aids, yeah. Being a public speaker myself, I know props can boost the impact of your message. So yes. while while showing a an earth ball makes sense to me, I was a bit puzzled, to be honest, when seeing a rubber chicken in your hands. So were you trying to encourage people to go vegan or what?
1: well here's here's where i have full disclosure yeah i have no idea what i'm doing with the rubber chickens (laughs) which is fun fun. (laughs) yes the rubber chickens uh, actually goes back to uh the year 2008 Ooh, and an old chick yeah (laughs) when i was this is when i was a seasonal park ranger uh-huh. at crater lake National park mm-hmm. and we always had three weeks of training before the season would start yeah. and this would it was basically um the the first three weeks of june um actually uh, t- towards the end of july and we would have three days of training for the boat tours yeah. on crater lake and one of the one of the full days of training was just about boat safety the water at, crater like the temperature of the water is about 40 degrees so if you go overboard you only have a couple minutes to get somebody back in the boat before the, you know they're they're really freezing hypothermia wow. so p- the other thing about the boat tours is that you have to walk down a thousand feet to the water mm-hmm. you know i'm I, sorry the, the trail drops 700 feet it's 1.1 miles so i'm in the first responder on scene you know so we we would have to be prepared to deal with heart attacks wow yeah bee sting, you know, people hit rocks hitting them. I mean, there's everything you could think of. So we yeah. had a whole, whole full full day of first aid training. So this law enforcement ranger, because we were being trained with the law enforcement rangers, and, and they also double as EMTs, which is an, an emergency um, medical technician. Okay. My friend Peter Sweene, he had this idea of a skit that we would do. For triage, you know, medical triage, meaning that okay. if you have a, an incident with more than one person that's been injured, how do you kind of um, designate who to treat first? You know, that's what kind of what triage okay. is about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so he came up with this skit with rubber chickens. <laughs> and there'd be a, a pregnant rubber chicken. There'd be a dead rubber chicken. There'd be oh, a okay. chicken with a head injury. There was a chicken with a broken leg. Right. And he, he had me playing a French waiter. And it sounded like an interesting skit, why not? Because again, like my my, my previous question, that was like always the worst day of training to hear all day long, the various ways of people can, people can die or get hurt. After I did that training Antonio, I kid you not, I wanted to go around life with wrapped in bubble wrap, (laughs) you know, so (laughs) they had this extra layer of protection. So (laughs) Peter wanted to have fun with this skit. And so then he says to me, he says, um, Brian, I don't know if I can go to the chief ranger and ask him to order rubber chickens. Can you go to your boss and ask him to order the rubber chickens? And so I went to the, the, um, the lead or kind of the, the, the supervisor of interpretive rangers at Crater Lake. And he was a wonderful guy. His name was um, Eric, Eric Anderson. He was a, a Norwegian that lived in Hawaii. And he had a great sense of humor, too. Cool. So I went to Eric and I said, um, I need you to order six rubber chickens for a skit on triage. And Eric said to me, he goes, are we gonna be using these rubber chickens again? And I said, oh, sure, absolutely, we'll be using these rubber chickens again. And you know, he kind of gave me the evil eye ordering these rubber chickens here. Um, And so then we order them, and the skit went well, and then I had no idea what the hell to do with these rubber chickens. So I'm still trying to figure out what to do with them. So when I took the the, the title of Climate Change Comedian, I just happened to have these rubber chickens on hand. There you go. And that's what I've been using them for. And it was funny that you asked that because when I did Tosh.0 on Comedy Central six years ago, Daniel Tosh was asking me the same thing. Are we supposed to laugh at rubber chickens? (laughs) And I guess it's because I'm still trying to figure out what to do with these props. I don't know what else to do with them that's so that's that's the answer to your question that that's actually what makes the family
0: to be honest Yeah, no you know no no purpose like at all <laughs> yeah, there's no it's purpose I don't, I don't know what to do with them <laughs> yeah, really. yeah Tell track, me what should i do with them. yeah yeah attracts attention which you know is <laughs> good it's good it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So yeah, on your blog, you, you wrote that you're also lobbying for climate-friendly laws. So yes. I, know, I know legislator had to deal with a clown like Donald Trump but until a couple of years ago, <laughs> but, they, but they're, they're not just laughing at
1: you. Um, what? Well, you know, some legislators may, maybe are... Uh, um, uh, laughing at me when i go to i've been to washington dc eight times and actually and i lobbied in canada too and for members of parliament which was a lot of fun too
0: yeah and
1: then i lobbied at the state level with state legislators and staff so when you go to washington dc nine out of ten times or maybe like hundred times you're actually lobbying the congressional staff not the members of congress i mean it,
0: right.
1: it happens now and then but more than likely you're you're, you're talking with the gatekeepers the staff right and a couple of things can happen is that a lot of times when you're meeting with the Republican staff, they're not interested in climate change. I mean, they're just there to kind of like your constituent or they've met you and they've liked you. And so they're, they're just kind of like graciously meeting with you. But more than likely, they're not going to support your legislation. So they're, they're, they're kind of laughing at you, kind of behind your back. Mm-hmm. But you still meet with them because it's so important to, to, to give yeah. truth to power. And, you know, and comedy is ultimately about telling truth in a humorous way, that we're laughing at the world a humorous way, but we're, we're, yeah. we're seeking a truth that, um, that, you know, that we're, we're maybe uncomfortable to talk about, but we're laughing about it. So for the Republicans, yeah, they're probably laughing at me, but I still have a good meeting with them. And then, what's funny is that the Democrats a lot of times, yeah, they, they they totally agree with you. We should do something about climate change, but they're laughing too because they're being they want to do something, they want to be helpful, but they're being blocked by Republicans. Or I've had the, the the situation of I lobby for with um with with Citizens Climate Lobby, right? And we've been lo- lo- we've been lobbying for a revenue neutral carbon tax known as carbon fee and dividend, and this is a very moderate central pragmatic policy. Right. And so when I meet with this congressional staff of very progressive legislators, and some of them are on board, some of them have actually co-sponsored legislation, but others such as my own member of Congress, he's pretty much skeptical. Um, yeah. He's yeah. been kind of very um, negative about helping us because he's very, very progressive. So, yeah, I've been laughed right. at, a short answer, but That's I've been right. laughed at by the far right and the far left.
0: Okay. Um well.
1: But not not exactly to my face, but probably yeah. they have. But you know what? comedy is about again, it's about being yeah. finding your truth. Yeah. And I, I've always believed that even if people are laughing at me, at least they're laughing.
0: Yeah, it's still worth trying to be honest. Yeah, that's yes. Lie. Okay, cool. So uh, are there two real questions? So tell me one thing about climate change that makes you laugh. Of course, no rubber chicken
1: involved. <laughs> <yeah>? <laughs> there, there there is zero about climate change itself hmm. that makes me laugh, Okay, to be honest with you. Because climate change, when we get down to it, is really our, a threat to our civilization and our way of life on the planet. We're talking about you know, pe- millions of people possibly dying in third world countries because of too much heat, hurricanes, droughts, floods. That's true. And even the same thing happened to people in the US. And it's going to happen that it, it impacts the poorest of the poor. The science is deadly serious about how bad climate change is. So I, I don't yeah. really take any find any humor in cl- the science of climate change itself. What I do is when I give a presentation, yeah. I'm making fun of myself. I'm an idiot. Wow. I'm still having a hard time <laughs> understanding this. I am not the smartest guy in the room. I don't understand the science exactly. I misspell things. You know, oh, I get one. things wrong. So. I'm an idiot trying to tell you something about something that's deadly serious. It's, it's kind of where my humor comes from. I'm, you know, I I, I set myself as the idiot in the room.
0: Well, self irony is good, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good thing. Okay,
1: well, so tell me one fun thing people can do to fight climate change. Yeah, that's a great one thing. And and again, I think it really comes down to talking about it. And obviously, for me i think one of the most fun things i do as i live in portland oregon and i i love taking the bus and our the light rail the the max trains as much as possible the cool thing is about taking public transit is that you know for years i was scared of taking the bus because you know who knows who rides on the buses and and there are some interesting characters but okay. I get to read a book on the bus. You can't read a book while you're driving. Please yeah. don't read a book while you're driving.
0: That's a good point. Yeah.
1: <laughs> don't try it home. But so when I meet with people, when I go to meetings, as often as I can, I take I take public transit. I try not yeah. have to drive. I don't like to drive. I yeah. do I still drive because I I want to go visit national parks and nature yeah. now and then. But I really try to take mass transit, public transportation. So that's one okay. thing you do. Okay. Ride a bike. You know the cool thing about riding a bike instead of driving a car is you get this thing called exercise. Yeah. Too. So <laughs> they, they, some people say it's good. <laughs> yeah. And and the other thing too is you, you you mentioned vegetarian before, which, which which maybe there is a message there with our rubber chicken. Yeah. I I, I read this I read this thirty years ago in a book called called um, Finance for Dummies. Okay. If you go vegetarian or vegan, which yeah. I'm I'm not totally, but I I eat vegetarian most of the time. Yeah. But if you do go vegetarian or vegan it's actually a cheaper budget than buying all that meat. So a lot of these yeah. things for solutions for climate change, it'll actually will save you money, which is the good news. That's true. That's and you'll true. live healthier, you'll actually live a healthier, happier life if you do it. You know, you're reading a book instead of being, bending, cursing at the people cutting you off in traffic.
0: Yeah. That definitely sounds like a good a good uh, reason to do that to switch to vegan. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> so now now this floor is yours. It's your moment. Yeah. Just tell me one joke. You know, live like that on climate change.
1: Well, <laughs> I don't know if I really have a climate change joke per se, but I, this is the joke okay. I've been using in, in my in my Toastmasters presentation. Okay. And this will kind of show you how bad. Of a joke teller <laughs> I am. So the whole the whole joke I came up with. I, I do have a series of YouTube videos. I, I did like four of them in nineteen or nineteen in uh, two thousand fourteen and two thousand fifteen. First with my with my fiance Tanya, and she's not my wife. We got married in nice. in two thousand fifteen. I did one with my mom Fran Etling, who's mm-hmm. also a pianist. And then my yeah. dad was like, "Well, I want to be in a video," so I did one with my dad also. <laughs> and. The, the the premise I came up with, and I, I kind of, to, to be honest, I kind of stole it from from uh, Seinfeld. Seinfeld was always about um, his show was about nothing, and I I, th- I kind of think of myself as the comic who's actually not funny here. <laughs> so. So the tagline I had my wife, Tanya, say and my mom say is, you know, I would try to tell a joke. And I actually would get out the rubber chicken. And it's like, you're not very funny. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually practicing for an, an upcoming Toastmasters speech, Antonio. Yeah. And you're right. It's like it, 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 Robin Williams used to talk about this, how he'd be at the airport. It, this is on one of a, a fresh air interview with, with Terry Gross and NPR. And people would say to Robin Williams, they'd say, be funny, be funny, like that to him. And it's like, what the hell am I supposed to do <laughs> when you're supposed to be funny on the spot? So yeah. I'm practicing for a Toastmasters speech, and and I, and I share this joke that I came up with that actually my fellow park rangers thought it was funny, but it's not that funny. Well, the joke I came up with is, what did one continental plate say to the other after the earthquake? Any, any ideas? Ah, uh, can't think of anything. The answer is, it's not my fault.
0: well okay yeah i mean you know it's very honestly if you got a geology geology background you know it's very good you know it's very good i think (laughs) i think it's very good maybe not no not all of all of the all people will appreciate if you if you don't know what the fault is but honestly (laughs) if you know it you're gonna laugh you're gonna laugh that's
1: great (laughs) oh good well actually i I didn't think it was that funny but the funny thing was is that my fellow Oh, good! I'm so glad you did. Yeah. Oh, good. Maybe yeah. this is my start then. Well, the funny thing is, is that um, I didn't think the joke was that funny, but my fellow park rangers did. So what I would do is now and then I would be attending their programs to evaluate them or just to kind of we we do steal from each other as park rangers. Yeah. If I... And I'd hear that joke, mm-hmm. and they would outright tell me it was for me. Okay. And um, and, and they were getting they were getting a pretty good response or groans from the audience. Yeah. So. I use that joke in my talks now because, you know, like you said, you need, I guess you need some type of, of, of uh, example of humor. So I use that one. Yeah. And to, to, be, to be honest with you, Antonio, something really funny happened to me last night. I was practicing my speech for a friend. Yeah. And she said to me, she goes, you need to address your um, a question, in your talk of why the climate change comedian. And I thought nobody's ever asked me that before. And I thought that was a good one. Yeah. so it, it's not in my speech and so so why the climate change comedian and the answer is drum roll <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> That's it's just i i took the the um the title on a dare and i still try i still don't know what to do with it but but i guess I'm, i am mean, i'm doing this marriage of the seriousness of climate change and not taking myself or life too seriously because i'm to be honest i think we're going to solve this problem. When we put our creative juices and our fun to it, yeah. not when we just get wallow up in the doom and gloom. I think so the, the, the answer is is that I'm still working on the jokes, but the joke is on me because I, I still consider myself an idiot trying to understand the science.
0: <laughs> cool, all cool, cool. It's alright, you know, an idiot. Anyway, it's quiz time now. Yeah. So are you ready for my Who Wants to Be Climate Aware Quiz? Yeah. Sure. So you just need to answer three multiple choice questions. So not, it's only for the glory though, yeah? No money involved. <laughs> okay, so first question. I know you're driving different vehicles when working as a park ranger. So I don't know if you normally leave your vehicle uh, idling. But my first question for you is, how much CO2 does a light goods vehicle emit while idling for 10 minutes? You got three options. As much as charging free 34 smartphones, as much as 34 bears charging a park ranger, (laughs) as as much as 34 bees charging yogi bear after stealing their honey. (laughs) So which one do you go for? I'm gonna go for A. Yeah, you're right, you're right. It's not the most fun, but you're right. (laughs) Okay, I'll go another one, which is very, very relevant to you. So what is climate quitting? So A. And in and in a notice because it's either too hot or too cold to work in the office. B. Quitting your job to switch to a more climate conscious one. C. Open climate is just like teenagers that will quit changing their mood over time. <laughs> <laughs> Which one you go for? I'm gonna go for B. And there you go, you got two two in a row. That's good. That's yes. good. That's good. You're on a strike. Okay last last question yeah you can you can do three out of three yeah so who said that the most important environmental movement in the world is the american oil and gas industry so a greta thunberg after drinking one gallon of gasoline during one of her climate protests (laughs) b the american petroleum institute ceo c al gore during a joke competition with brian etling (laughs) (laughs)
1: you know you know what's funny is that bill mckibben talks about that a lot if you would have had bill mckibben i would have gravitated towards that one okay so since d bill mckibben because he talked about that before the most powerful force in the history of of the planet's been been the fossil fuel industry and he says we must be an even more powerful force to overcome that yeah (laughs) since you don't have bill mckibben there i'm gonna go with Greta thunberg Greta, ooh, after
0: drinking one gallon of gasoline, you don't want oh, no, to but... process, yeah. Oh, well, it could have up I mean, it
1: could be, I don't know, it could be, I still don't, don't give it out.
0: Are you well, sure? I, I, you I, don't I... Oh,
1: oh well, well, now that, now that you, so, but the second part, I, I doubt she's ever done that. Okay, I guess I'll go with the, <laughs> the, the fossil fuel industry.
0: Yeah, the American Petroleum Institute CEO, yeah, that's, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, so you 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 managed to get out three out of three, yeah? <laughs> Whew.
1: That was a close one, because I almost yeah, I, yeah. You had me with Brenna Thunberg at hello. <laughs> even, even though I, I deliberately ignored all the other parts. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. You missed
0: the the, the, the crazy bit. Anyway, right that, that's the end of this clamor for Fun episode. Brian, thank you so much for your fun contribution. You were amazing, to be honest. Oh, thank
1: you so much, Antonio. This has been a blast.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. And of course, thanks to whoever tuned in today. Uh, next episode will be in a month, as usual. In the meantime, remember to fight climate change one laugh at a time. Ciao!